Welcome to the War and Beast podcast, where you can get some plant on rad action. I'm Greg. <laughs> Emily. Yeah, I'm a little uncomfortable too. Also, Jordan. Yes. <laughs> I'm Kendall. I'm into that. <laughs> I was wondering who was going to get weirded out when I did that. Look, look, you know what? You know what? Emily has a whole podcast. Emily has a whole podcast about fetishes or half a podcast about fetishes. Sorry. You have a percentage of podcasts dedicated to fetishes. I just released one today as we record. You know, I'm allowed to I'm allowed to be into what I'm into. That's all I'm saying. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I was just a little surprised by the 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 immediate sultry deep voice of Greg, which yeah, no, go do radio like like real radio, Greg, and be funny. I thought I thought he was being a wrestler. I don't think so. I'm no, Kendall, by the way. Did that. I say I was Kendall? Yes. I always yes. forget if I say that I'm Kendall. <laughs> you rarely do. That's rarely the first thing you say is what your name is. <laughs> but this week we are reviewing season two, episode ten, Spark of Darkness. We only have four more left. It's just yeah. this one and three more. It's yep. locked up. The, the final three parter after this. But yeah, it was Interesting episode. Um, um, sets up some things, but yeah, we'll there's, get into there's, that. there's some stuff in there that I really like, mm-hmm. but uh, and I, and I kind of like the structure of it. And I like I like like some of the atmosphere of it, but I thought the end. We'll get into it more later, but I thought the ending kind of like soured me on it. Mm-hmm. Kendall, so, what do we have for this day in history? Saturday, October twenty eighth, two thousand was the date of birth of Olivia Moore. Who is Olivia Moore? You ask. No, I'm not talking about the character from uh, iZombie. I'm talking about the Instagram famous person where she has 40,000 followers and her social media accounts feature selfies, pictures with friends, and web web stars and commentary on celebrities. Uh, Before she was famous, before beginning her rise to online fame, she played soccer and basketball at her middle school in several... Of her Instagram posts, she is pictured with professional baseball and basketball players. She was born in New Jersey. Um, and and scandalous, a November 2014 Twitter post shows her embracing and kissing fellow internet personality Hayes Grier. I have no idea who any of these people are. <laughs> I just I just, I'm old. I saw famous birthdays Olivia Moore. I thought it was Olivia Munn. And I was like, she's older than yeah, that. Yeah, I know Olivia Munn. I thought that's what you meant. You said Olivia Moore. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> no, no. Olivia Moore. It's also Joaquin Reyes was born 
uh, on the 28th of October 2000, but I did not look him up. Okay. And then every so often I like to, I do like to read the, uh, the top five, uh, songs in the USA, uh, from the time. Cause some stuff has changed since, uh, Cisco's incomplete is no longer at number one. It's all the way down to number nine, but the top five, Ooh. uh, pink most girls at number five, which I don't remember that song. I remember that one. Uh, Kryptonite by Three Doors Down. Oh God! I Creed with arms wide open. And that one. Music by Madonna. And at number one, Come On Over Baby by Christina Aguilera. This is gonna sound weird, but Kryptonite is actually one of the first songs that my wife and I danced to. I know. I realize Aww. it's not a waltz, but my <laughs> wife and I danced. Cute. Yeah, uh, the better I mean, life. They're, they're bad because they played at Trump's inauguration. Yeah, but, yeah. But yeah. I mean, it's, I still, I still have a place in my heart for that song, even if they're terrible. Yeah, they were moving, and they've been moving in that direction politically. <laughs> or, I mean, if, ever since they've been political, they've been pretty far to the right. But, uh, yeah. but, um, but yeah, that album was one of the first albums I ever bought. Possibly the first album I ever bought with my own money was "The Better Life" by Three Doors Down. And uh, I liked it, but uh, it's funny that that they were that they were at number four and Creed was at number three. It's like that was that was what alternative rock music sounded like in the year two thousand. <laughs> that's what we called music. Yeah, that's what we called music. I was just listening to that. Oh, really? What yeah. episode? Uh, Fly Away, I think. Oh, cool. Nobody listened to yeah. that episode, so that's good. <laughs> I I think I messed up the. SEO on it or, or tags or something. Cause like, I mean, not very many people listen to that podcast and a lot of people did start at episode one and drop off. I think, I think it's one, cause we have like, I mean, I think that's how all podcasts are, but like fly away by Lenny Kravitz has way less listeners than sex and candy, which was the episode after it. And whatever the episode before it was, it's like people just skipped that episode. They were like, yeah, I don't <laughs> like this song. And it's good because I don't like the song either. And that was what it was at the top of the charts in 1998. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Well, if you listen to that episode of That's What We Called Music, you will. We do talk about how it how it charted, but that was so close to come out. <laughs> that was, was, and to be fair, that chief's actor is a radio guy. Yeah, <laughs> I was trying to go for Casey Kasem. Yeah, I, I was. Quite turn yeah, I I heard it as. I heard it as Casey Kasem. Can you say oh, okay. Cortana in that voice? I don't, ooh, okay. Uh, no, now you're Cortana. thinking about it too much. You're there thinking you about it too much. It. <laughs> See, I thought Kendall Master Chief sounded a bit Kendall, more gruff. Kendall, yeah, you'd be a little like a little bit more gruff and a little bit deeper, but it's so close, I feel yeah. like. Say it one more time because Kendall talked over you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on. Um, Cortana. Yeah, it's perfect. I love it. Huh. <laughs> And now for this long distance dedication. <laughs> anyway, so was that all we had in history there? So yeah, but I do actually have trivia. Oh. The dead transformer bodies that Megatron Spark possesses are made up of parts of characters that appeared in Beast Wars Transformers 1996. The body yes, that he did. used to attack Black Arachne and Silverbolt with clearly has the body of Tarantulas, and its head looks like Tiger Hawks. When Black Arachnia launches her attack on the dead Transformer possessed by Megatron Spark, the severed head of Depth Charge can be seen resting at her feet. Depth Charge. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Depth Charge, in case you didn't know, was a maximal character from Beast Wars Transformers 1996. Uh I had blocked most of Depth Charge from my memory, so... (laughs) 
Okay, that's all I got. I, I, I thought you added, like, well, you might remember, like, because like, because you don't specifically remember him. But um, uh, I I didn't notice that he looked like other characters. Like, I think my I, my girlfriend Cassie thought he looked like Dinobot a bit. Yeah, I thought he looked like and, Dinobot, too. Um, and, and as soon as you said that, I was like, whoa, he is. Like, and But I can see tarantulas, too, that what you mentioned. Yeah, definitely they the feet of tarantulas. Similar. Yeah, but uh, even the feet of Dinobot are kind of like tarantulas to me, so it kind of would work for either or, but yeah. The TF Wiki mentions pretty much exactly what uh, the IMDB there, except it mentions that the helmet over the over the head of the face of Tigerhawk is a... Uh, Dinobots with a color like Transmetal 2 Dinobots. I was so going to say... It's a mixture of Dinobots' head, head with Tigerhawk's face. Yeah, I was gonna say the, the head looks especially Dinobot-like to me, so when you said it was Tigerhawk, I was like, oh, weird, but now it makes more sense. The face, I definitely saw Tigerhawk. And now that I think about it, yep, the rest of the head shape would be Dinobot. Um, the feet, I know for sure, definitely look like uh, Transmetal 2 Tarantulas. And the gun that he was using, I think, was the same gun that was on Tarantulus's arm in Transmetal 2. So, yeah, I want to say that the body was probably, the most of it was probably Tarantulus. Yeah. But, yeah, it was interesting. See, they do keep some of the models around when it does, when they don't. Yeah, themselves. that, I mean, I, yeah, yeah when they don't I lose that them. was a model. <laughs> See, I was thinking about either having the opening the way that I did, or I was going to say, Mechanical brains, because you know the whole undead theme seemed to be going on there. But I, I made the choice, and dang, never I stuck with. It. That is the, that is the mark of a true professional. You make a decision and you stick with it. Yes, no regrets. Well, maybe a little. <laughs> <laughs> what else do we have on the on the wiki there, Jordan? Okay, so they mentioned a couple of continuity errors, including one that is is it starts with not an error per se. Uh, but the Maximals are rather quick to heroically eulogize Noble when they treat him as nothing but a nuisance. Well, like, especially him having that, like, hologram thing of him. I'm like, where the fuck did he yeah. even get that? <laughs> I mean, if it's, like, w- one thing right after the other, I can kind of see it maybe them, like, kind of just, you know, trying to cheer up Night Scream and, and, and giving, you know, and giving uh, props to his role in helping them defeat Megatron and stuff like that. But that, they are kind of right how they like quickly like forget how they were treating the, the poor thing. Yeah. The poor dragon. Poor doggo. Wolf. Uh, if Cheetor and Night Scream are trying to sneak up on Obsidian and Shriken, shouldn't they be in their beast modes? Yes. And then uh, Rattrap gets from the Oracle Chamber to the Grand Mole in a surprisingly short amount of time when previous episodes have highlighted the lengthy trip to and from the surface. Well, I think they have moved the the Grand Mall to that spaceport, as I recall. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a big thing, but it, yeah, it, it, especially when like since they have control of it, they at least you know could have moved it closer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then it mentions some continuity notes where you know things are actually supposed to be working correctly or going in the right order. Uh, so many times we thought we were rid of him, and yet he reappears with uh, Silverbolt muses as he ponders Megatron's death. And he seems to be referring to the numerous near victories for the Maximals, including yeah. when Ravage bungled his arrest in the in- Agenda Part 2, and also to turn mm-hmm. into a cassette tape, uh, as does his escape from the Autobot shuttle in the intern between Beast Wars and, and Beast Machines. And then, of course, there was also the episode where he faked his own death, but Silverbolt wasn't around for that. So yeah. unless, you know, they told him about it, I don't know, maybe. Oh, maybe. Uh, Black Arachnia notes that she first realized Jetstorm was Silverbolt in one of the Maximal Shell Yards, referring to the events of the Catalyst. 
Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> she freaking, she's like, oh, it was so romantic. <laughs> Running for our lives when I realized. <laughs> uh, gadgets of the powers are pointed out here where Red Trap's face mask doubles as a sort of hollow projector phone. And Black Arachnia can shoot electricity through the air now as opposed to her usual ground-based attack. Yep. Then we got one Transformer reference where when Silver trips over battling the mutant, Black Arachnia seems to rip out the power core from what appears to be Ratchet's body. Hirsch. Yeah. Uh, we got actually quite a few real-world references here, though. Uh, this episode's title is a play on jo- Joseph Conrad's novella Heart of Darkness, which... I can't remember what that book's about. I know I've heard of it before. Yeah, I've heard of it too. I, I cannot recall what it's about. Though. Heart of Darkness? Yeah. I recognize the reference, but I didn't. I don't know the book either. Is that Heart um, of Darkness also like a PS1? I would not be. It see. sounds like a PS1. Game. Yeah, it does yeah. sound like a PS1. Wait, hold on. It goes through. Okay, so there's. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, yep, there's a bunch of video games here marked here uh mostly a couple of levels but there was a heart of darkness video game a 1998 cinematic platformer uh, yeah it's it's, yep. it's a really shitty it's 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 like this it's got the fmv cinematics telling the story and you play this it, it's like got these shitty controls and you die in like one hit and it's ridiculously difficult it's like one of those games where like you have to try and navigate a screen to get to like the next kind of area without dying and it's like super difficult i watched the game Grumps play it and it was ridiculous like so, Aaron got so angry so it sounds to me <laughs> emily like you need to add that to the let's place listener suggestion list um because you're a let's place regular now so you can do that i mean like yeah i could ask i could ask Luke to do that if i remember i will probably forget <laughs> i mean if you, you won't remind won't? me can't or one of our listeners could remind you. We could crowdsource this. True. <laughs> at SSJ Speed Racer. Yeah, someone could just at Luke and maybe say we should, it. <laughs> maybe, we should just, maybe we should make a list of some dark related games like Dark Cloud, Heart of Darkness. Um, uh, dark what's, game. Yeah, just, just. This isn't Let's Plays. Let's stop talking about it. Okay. Yeah, everybody at, <laughs> All right. at This Is Emeralds on Twitter to remind <laughs> at SSJ Speed Racer <laughs> to add Heart of Darkness. To the hashtag Let's Place listener suggestion list. Uh, so, by the way, Heart of Darkness is a novel is a novella by Polish British novelist Joseph Conrad about a voyage up the Congo River into the Congo Free State in the heart oh. of Africa. Oh, okay. Didn't they make a movie based off that too? There's a radio and stage plays, film, intelligence, vision, video games, literature. There's a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Orson anyway. Welles adapted it into a CBS radio broadcast. CBS and oh, Francis Ford Coppola in 1979 motion picture. Apocalypse looks now. Bit, what? Referenced it or was supposed to be referenced? Oh, me? okay. So so Apocalypse Now is based on it, but it moved it from Africa to Vietnam. Oh. Huh. So Rat Trap nicknames Botanica Miss Twiggy, and it links to that is a portmanteau or whatever of piggy so it was supposed to be miss piggy i guess but i don't know if that was what they actually were going for hmm. uh when cheetor asks thrust what he's rebelling against now that megatron is gone thrust replies what do you got the reply given by marlon blando's character in the wild one they say is fitting <laughs> uh that was referencing the wild one i thought yeah. they were referencing rebels without a cause my my podcast about star wars rebels <laughs> if you if you listen i 
was 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 it was it rebels without a cause that he said that Anyway, Rebels Without a Cause was my Star Wars Rebels podcast, and that was the intro. Was Lisa from the was Principal Skinner asking Lisa what she's rebelling against, and Lisa saying, "What have you got?" <laughs> uh, the sequence sequence where Optimus Prime and Batonica are first ambushed is also a visual quote from the original Alien, and then similarly, the scene where Black Ragnar and Silverbolt are in the front, you know, in the foreground for a moment before uh, the junkyard mutant attacks. Uh, to you know, ad- emerges from the wall of fire is an homage to the penultimate sequence from the Terminator. There's a lot of references here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when Obsidian and Striker attempt to intercept the Red Spark, Striker exclaims, "You shall not pass." Yes. Possibly a reference to Gandalf's words in the Lord of the Rings. Oh, I think this is before. Lo- oh wait. Yeah, it would have <laughs> you to see. Be the you see. Uh, yeah, you see. Greg, Lord of the Rings. Those movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah they yeah, were yeah, based yeah, yeah. on some <laughs> on some obscure novels. Yeah. Yeah, it's so obscure. I think that I think that uh, um, yeah, they were actually they were based on they were based on these uh, on on a song written by uh, written by Leonard Nimoy. Oh yeah, I remember <laughs> uh, that. Now. It also mentions Botanica refers to the techno organic orchid as her field of dreams. Yes, and then I actually Man, like this there one. There was here. a lot of yeah. Movie yeah I was like I was like I was like really field of dreams. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, and then finally, a young child at asking dad what he did in the war was the subject of an iconic British propaganda poster, while the specific wording Rattrap used is the title for a 1966 Blake Edwards film. So there's a lot of real-world references wow. here. Sounds like it. Uh, and we still have some trivia, <laughs> but most the first two basically are exactly what uh, Kendall mentioned about uh, the the first mutant that attacks is a piecemeal of various Beast Wars combatants, and you can see Death Charge's headline you know, lying in the wreckage. Uh, it mentions that once, uh, oh wait, that's kind of spoily, but we do notice that, uh, at one point when the, when the diagnostic drone reboots, its eyes now resemble that of the Grand Mal vessel. And we'll get into that. Why? <laughs> uh, apparently I will brook no failure, not from anyone, not for any reason. It appears to be a motto because this is the second time that it is, uh, said. Yep. Uh, the events of this episode are strongly reminiscent of Savage Noble and Prometheus Unbound, which actually kind of makes sense considering what happened in those episodes too. Hmm. Uh, including one was Prometheus when, Unbound you know, was that the Kablam sketch? <laughs> so all I remember about that episode is that I made that joke. <laughs> <laughs> but which then, episode was it? I don't remember. Uh, Prometheus Unbound is uh, when they stormed the. Uh, Storm the Citadel with 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 Noble, I believe. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, which I thought was an interesting, there was a short story written by Bob Skur called "Singularly a Bliss." A, a bliss? I just realized it's not abyss. No, it's a bliss. A b l y s s. Okay. Uh, it was published in a Transformers Legends anthology, and it's actually set between the scenes of this episode. Uh, it doesn't change the events of the episode, but it does illuminate what make. Uh, what Megatron may have been going while he was gone. Apparently, he was being led around by Rhinox. Uh, there's more information about, about it on the um, on the TF Wiki. But if you remember when uh, I said back when uh, you know Rhinox officially just you know was gone from the show and stuff like that, uh, there was a part where he says this is the last time he shows up, and this you know until he's killed again, until he's not dead, and then killed again. <laughs> uh, Slingularia Bliss is where he was killed again, again. So, so yeah, basically, uh, 
it's an interesting story where uh, Rhinox kind of serves like uh, is it Virgil or I think Virgil, where he's taking uh, uh, Megatron through like the various afterlife levels and stuff like that until he until Megatron kind of realizes something's up. So so it's it's and I would like to I haven't gotten the chance to read the story yet, but I think it can be found out online. I think so. I'm probably going to give it a look later. Cool. Anyways, that's all we got. Trivia. That's all the trivia references and so on. Okay. So getting into the episode, we open up on the uh, the Grand Mall itself, and we sort of zoom in. We're going past all these different conduits and whatnot, and so we've got the max. Yep. And we got all the Maxwells, you know, cheering and celebrating, except for Night Scream, who's sitting off the edge of this little platform, I guess. Uh, All of them are like, I can't believe he's gone. And then, we, of course, we get Silver Bowl, who's like, "Uh, I I don't know. Every time we think he's gone, he he manages to come back somehow. Um, But we do have Optimus trying to comfort Night Scream, and Rat Trap as well is like, yeah, I'm sorry to know you and... You and Noble, you took down Megatron. He was like, great. You know, it's the first time we see Rat Trap actually get excited about Noble in a positive sense. He's trying to apologize. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm did you sure kind of the... mention here that, like, Night Scream kicked ass, right? Or, oh, yeah. That... Yeah, because Night Scream, like, wrecked Megatron with Noble. So, like, even though they didn't like Noble before, like, yeah, he did good. Like, he yeah. did a good job. So, I guess we're, we're down with him now. Nobody, yeah. nobody's as sorry to Night Scream for being dicks. They're just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like they always liked them. They're like, yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, yeah, of That's what happens after somebody dies. You're like, <laughs> I was a really, I was always a really big fan of Night Court. Oh, I'm. I mean, you know, I actually did watch that show when I was a kid. Yeah, I'm just saying. Up, I've seen up, a lot of people. A lot of people post uh, be like, "Yeah, I love Night Court was the greatest thing ever," and I've never seen them say anything about it before that. Well, to be fair, Night Court hasn't really been on TV in quite a while. I'm just—I mean, the last time I remember seeing it was on A and E, and I think that was like ten years ago or more. I just liked it because I, when I was growing up, it was like on reruns. Yeah, and also I like—I was one of those magic nerds. So I like I liked uh, you liked all the magic kids. tricks. Yeah, I mean, I, to do. I'm sure it's a good show. I'm just saying when somebody dies, then suddenly everybody was always a big fan of them. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm cynical. Maybe it's eh, but whatever. It, it could also be a little bit of like you don't realize how much you like something until it's gone. I mean, that's true. Partially. Yeah, I know. But I'm bored. All, I'm, I'm a cynical say, guy. I'm not going to I'm not going to say it. Not going to say it. Not gonna say it. I, don't I was gonna say something gonna say. about. I was gonna say something about this show, but I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> what this show? Like yes. Okay, like our show or the the show we're watching? No, like no our show. Okay. <laughs> what? As soon as our show dies, then we'll then everyone will say they were always a big fan. <laughs> uh, but uh, we do get. Uh, with the the scene of Optimus talking about now they can complete the their main objective of restoring the tech technological or the techno organic balance of Cybertron, and uh, with that he splits the Maximals up into teams. We've got Cheetor, Night Scream, who are going to go off looking for the generals that are still around. Black Arachnia and Silverbolt are going to check out the the Transformer shells to see if there's any that have. Uh, 
uh, any that would still be functional or be able to house sparks in them. And uh, Ratchop and Botanica are going to go tend to the the orchard. Of course, Ratchop is rather not keen on that at first, let's say. Um, we do also get a bit of a... Uh, somehow Botanica is like, I've got a bad feeling about something. It's like, okay, you, you've never really said anything like this before. I mean, I Optimus I can understand, but coming from Botanica, it's like... You can have bad feelings without being supernatural. Maybe yes. maybe since she's had a touch with the goop, she has, has had some I mean, kind of like weird abilities as well. I mean, Han Solo specifically doesn't have force powers, but he does say, I've got a bad feeling about this. You know what? Maybe maybe our our thoughts, our theory that Cheetor is in fact Rat Trap and Botanica's love child is true. Maybe Cheetor gets it from Botanica. Maybe he gets the precognition <laughs> from her. I'll I'll buy it. Yep. <laughs> theory confirmed. <laughs> so uh from here we we get the team splitting up. Uh we've got everybody going off in their own direction. Uh Rat Trap and Botanica we see first in the orchard. Rat Trap is like he, he's piecing together bits of motorcycle drone and just sort of tossing them aside as he puts them together. And he's sort of, you know, grumbling as he's doing it. And he and Botanica are going back and forth. He's he starts going on with the Oh daddy, what did you do during the war? Well, honey, I built gardening tools. That's what I did. Hey, for the rebuilding after a war, that's actually important. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's okay. That's one thing here, too, is like, okay, Optimus says their whole mission now is to start technorganic life on the planet. Yeah. And then, and now he's complaining he doesn't have the most important job when it's cultivating that life that they're trying to spread around the planet. Like, this is literally the most important job. Yeah. And he's like being such a dick. And he's like, He's the tech guy. He likes working science shit. He wanted to be an explorer. What the fuck is this problem? I don't, I don't understand Ratchet in this scene at all. Like See, it doesn't I, make any sense. Like they're writing it, him, they're writing him to be like this because they want him and Botanica to like have a fight. Yeah, but that's, I was gonna say but, that. like that's the only reason. Like he doesn't. He, this is not how Ratchet would normally act. No. Just, now I do enjoy him and Botanica's like like fighting with each other and eventual you know, thing that happens, which we'll get to. But this is, a, I find annoying. Know what you going to say, Kendall? Uh, I was just going to refer you to the first episode of our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what so about it? I was, I was going to say called, that. Isn't it called why... Rat? Isn't it literally? I was trying rat to pull it up. Is yeah. an it's, it's literally oh, called Rat Trap is an asshole. So the I thing know. is, I mean, I think the thing is, Rat Trap is just always miserable and he's always going to complain, no matter the I, situation. I, I like I can true. imagine that's part of it. I also think, and I also do think it's partly because he's paired up with with uh, Botanica. I think he's being a jerk because Botanica's there because he's that seems to me like that's one of the things. Like you know, he's trying to just be, I guess, like hazing her or something like that, or just because of what happened last time, he doesn't really want like think it would be uh, be useful to be around or anything like that. So he's just taking it out on her and right such. he's 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 uh he's got weird Projected. feelings that he doesn't understand <laughs> and he's lashing out 
There's also that possibility, yes. Well, the here's and the we, here's the we, funny we thing. We should get explain why we we say that he's flashing out and weird feelings straight away. Yeah, because uh, the the conflict that goes on because initially Botanica has like her back to him and she's tending to some of the trees and he they're like you know getting pretty snippy and eventually at one point she. You know, she sort of does her little ground scorpion teleport type thing. She goes, pops up behind him and they are, you know, going back. I think she says something to the effect of, oh, I bet you wish you were just sticking your tail into some port somewhere. He's like, yeah, maybe I do. Instead of plowing these fields. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which, like, holy shit. <laughs> and yeah he'd like to plow her fields like <laughs> when i was watching it like wow that like I, I don't know was i the only one who instantly thought of that as a sex comment yeah no. i mean uh, i, I honestly thought, thought there was something going on there <laughs> yeah. yes and I, I, mean, I think i think after he said it, he like kind of like like, I know it doesn't show, doesn't show it, but I mentioned after he said he kind of like, wait, what did I just say? <laughs> well, I mean, their whole, their whole conversation here is very, very, like, there's obviously some tension. Oh, yes. Like, yeah. like there's, there's obviously some, some, some. I'm like, well, I, I during the scene, I'm like, they're going to angry make out, aren't Fuck. <laughs> and then that's exactly what happens. Well. They're arguing. Well, the angry. They start... Yes. Yeah. So, I mean. so <laughs> the way they show the kiss, though. They yeah. don't show the kiss. They don't show the kiss. So Rat Trap is eight feet shorter than her. <laughs> yeah, like... And okay, she does like, not bend so over. Much, like, why is he not in robot mode for the scene? <laughs> is he? Because it would have been so much better if he was in robot mode. Because they could actually show a kiss that like didn't look disgusting. Because is he kissing her? Gross rat. Is he kissing her right on now. the stomach? Like, there's no, no way that they down. were lips no. to lips. She she leaned down. All I, yeah, all I can figure out is that and this, like and like we were saying, the, vis- like, the, the, the shot visuals, isn't good, but they're yeah. staring each other down, like eye to eye, and then they just kiss. Like, but it's yeah. not showing it very well. But like, yeah, like it basically keeps cutting quick back and forth between their faces. Yeah, because they start and, growling at one another, and then all of a sudden, like after the growling, you hear a smooch sound, and yeah. then yeah, it like, just kind they, they, they of their eyes, and we hear a smooch. We don't actually get to see them kiss, which yeah. is good because again, he's a gross rat right now. <laughs> and the next, and the next thing we see with both with both of them in the shot instead of just their faces is them like recoiling back from each other. So we never actually see them t- like touch. Yeah, and yeah, the I, only thing I get is that. At some point, like they not only were they growling, but they actually like had like we're doing like a push and pull, like grab their each other's hands, and we're just like growling at each other right at each other's like right in their faces. I don't think they actually like, touched the his hands. I, they, I don't think they touched his hands, but I think yeah, they were right. They were gra- They were they were getting closer, but it didn't show it well. And then she backs up. Like it, I, they kissed on the lips, but like again, the the ideal version of a scene would be her and her plant form and him and his robot form because it doesn't make any. It's like it's just why why make that scene? It's all like they have to be in their beast forms right now to hide, right? Yeah. Because right. as far as they know, there's no enemies besides Thrust, and well, fuck him, right? Yeah. Like who the fuck cares? <laughs> like that's like I don't understand. It's it's just weird. The I, again, I do like this scene. I think it's cute. I think their romance in this episode is is cute, but that's just they could have done this way better visually. Yeah. <laughs> And the smooch sound is very cheesy. But but they're exaggerating it because, again, they don't show it, so they have to make it clear that they're kissing. Mm -hmm. Like, I thought for a second, like, is he just making the kissy face at her? Yeah, I mean, it's really was confusing. And I literally watched the scene, like, two or three times just to try and get a better... Because I know what it's supposed to be, but it (laughs) it didn't fit right. And I'm like, wait, 
so I, I actually did like watch it a couple of times just to figure out if that's if I was just missing Jordan, something. Jordan, I'm really it. I'm really glad that you watched it a couple of times and because this could have <laughs> very well have been just one of those scenes that I was that I thought it looked weird because I wasn't paying enough attention. But I mean, I'm, it does look weird. It I'm just glad that it does. Yeah, whatever. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it does look weird, but you can infer if you try hard enough that they like kiss lips. It's just you have I, to make an. Effort. No, I mean, I know, I know <laughs> that you can. I mean, I know that that is the that is the artist intent. It's clear that that is the artist intention. I just, I just didn't. Yeah, I didn't think that they were. I didn't think that the physics worked there, but that's okay. Let's move on. <laughs> um, but yeah, there, so there's that awkward moment that they have and, you know, they sort of turn around and they're like, oh, yep, we got it. We need to purge our memory of that happening. And Raj was like, yep, yep. Consider it done. Yep. They're like, yep. Okay. Delete the file. Never speak yep. of it again. Yeah. We then but turn to. Then they, they could have done that, but then they didn't do that, apparently. No, they did <laughs> no. not. No. <laughs> We we then turn our attention to to Black Arachne and Silverbolt, and Black Arachne, of course, is trying to talk to Silverbolt, be rather lovey dovey, touching his face, saying, "Now we can live our lives again." He's like, "I just don't know. I I don't know." Because Megatron, she's like, "Oh, why can't you just let us live our lives?" And she's freaking out. Silverbolt's eyes go wide as this robot starts to come to life behind her. It's sort of shady in the background. And she's like, what? And turns around and she freaks. And this robot like tries to step on her. Silverbolt throws a feather and pulls her out of the way. And yeah, I oh, yeah, I can see the, the Dinobot head there. Yeah, like yeah. they said, like the helmet itself. So it's like. At the head covering the face kind of Actually, weird thing. Now that I look at it, it almost looks like uh, Rampage's torso. It looks it like Rampage. It also kind of just reminds me of the Marvel character Deadlock, I think he's called. Oh, Deathlock? <laughs> Deathlock yeah, character. sort of like that. Too. Yeah. Like the feet are definitely tarantulas. Oh, that, yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's an amalgamation of shit because like, we don't want to design a new model. Let's just put some together some shit we already had. That we didn't lose. Um, so we get a bit of a fight going on between, hold on a second. Let me rewind this. What? I'm Did just scrolling back here. Face? Uh, no, but the, there, there's a part during the fight where this sort of Frankenstein monster, he shoves his gun into the ground to, to yeah! Yeah. throw Black Arachnia's attack back at her. And there was a and like, how the fuck does that work yeah like how does that work like it doesn't make any sense that attack he just did but whatever yeah but there she goes flying and there's like a hand that's sort of like standing up it almost looks like rhinox's hand for a sec but looks like different coloration maybe but oh i see that i see what you're saying um but yeah so she gets thrown into a, a pile of junk and she screams and then we turn to cheetor and to night scream as they're uh spying on uh, Obsidian and uh, Stryka right. as they're sort of talking about what's what to do next. They're like, well, you know, Megatron's gone. We we don't have any directives. We don't have any orders. And then their sensors go off saying that they've detected maximal signatures because the two idiots are not in their beast forms. <laughs> um, so you know, they immediately look at them. We get the dramatic music of as all all the as the camera sort of pans into like the different guns on the drones and Cheetor walks up, he's like, Whoa, whoa, we're not looking to pick a fight. And they're like, Well, what are you doing sneaking up and tracking us? And and Cheetor brings up the Fair. point that 
you know, there's, you know, with Megatron gone, there's, you know, only them really. It's, you know, they should combine forces. They shouldn't be fighting. Uh, which Night Scream is sort of like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Night Scream. You were here the last time they tried this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Obsidian and Stryka, they sort of look at one another as we then return to Black Arachne and Silverbolt, who are still fighting in the, the sort of amalgam of different parts here. Uh, which is ta- it can apparently tank pretty good because it's taking a lot of damage at this point. Oh, well, um, you know, zombies don't really care about things because it lost a lot of thing is like, yeah, yeah, like he's not like feeling any of this, he's just kind of moving a body. Yeah, yeah, we did like get he, a pretty oh, sorry, go ahead. Em. I was gonna say, like, he's 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 like a zombie where it's like he doesn't yeah. feel any pain, but his body will eventually deteriorate if you yeah. hit it enough. We we do get a pretty cool scene with Silverbolt because he, he takes a single feather and he sort of like rolls it in his hand and wheels back and throws it, which I thought was kind of cool looking. It's like it's like one of those neat uh, throwing knife tricks where he's holding yeah. it by the handle, flips it, tosses the flip it by the tip so he can throw it. Yeah, but, uh, you know, the, the beast just keeps on coming. Uh Silverbolt falls over an arm of a uh, a drone, and Black Arachnia manages to find another power core, uh, pulls it out of a I was chest. Say she takes it out of uh, a page out of Cheetor's book. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, the 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 bot shoots the power core in the air. We get a big explosion. Uh, Black Arachnia is like, "Oh, it's over!" And Silverbolt, you know, they both seem to breathe a sigh of relief. But then it comes out of the firewall. The firewall. Yeah, I'm gonna have to put that sound effect in. I really should have like put that, kept that on my phone for sound clips. Oh, <laughs> I'll, that comes I'll, up a lot. I'll put it in. I will put it in. Um, this is where we've gotten our first commercial break. Uh, when we return, the the bot, you know, is is walking towards them. Then uh, literally, one of its legs falls off, and it starts to you know groan and growl. And then we see this shiny orb, reddish orb, pop out of its back and fly away into a sewer. And uh, Black Arachne is like, uh, we should we should call this in. We then uh, return back to, to Rat Trap and Botanica. Who are still saying, uh, yeah, we, so yeah, you forgot about this? Cause I forgot. I totally forgot about this. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. It's like, totally forgot about it. Yeah, totally different from your memory banks, yeah. is what they keep saying. And I'm like, God, what are they, I'm like, are they actually yeah. just going to literally delete it? Like, cause I, when they first said that, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so Botanica goes back to working on her tree just as Rat Trap is about to work on the parts again uh but then we see that flash of the orb as it shoots into a the motorcycle drone's body and as rat trap turns around and looks it sort of sparks a little bit he looks at it curiously and then it sits up and he's like ah it was almost like an undertaker sort of sit up wrestling sort of thing for anybody who who's a wrestling fan who knows i get that um, from like they've done that in horror movies too, yeah kind of thing too so yeah, i get that yeah um the the bike starts you know grumbling and growling manages to get up onto his wheel and starts shooting at the orchard botanics is like the orchard and Ratchop's freaking out he's like uh you know he's it's like okay i i got i'll take care of this and so he transforms <laughs> he grabs at the drone's other arm that is detached and apparently it has 
power over its own body because it manages yeah. to telekinetically summon the arm, have it floating in the air, and shoot it rat trap along with the arm that's attached. Greg, don't you have telekinetic abilities when your arm gets chopped off? I, I, I just try not to, you know, make a scene with it, though. Yeah, well, so I mean... He's just, well, he's just like the ne- Necromantis from uh, June... Oh, I can't remember. The, the Zodiac War thing... I was going to go with Astro from Planet Danger, but that works, too. I think that it definitely has because this whole episode has kind of a uh, like a horror vibe to it. I think that the idea of an undead creature having control over its extra limbs. uh, Yeah, I thought that was a neat thing where it kind of like rebuild itself. As long as it's as long as it's part of the actual body coming in, it's cool. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty neat. Um, Rattrap, of course, gets sort of spooked off with the the fire fight that's going on. Uh, Botanica transforms and shoots uh, her her lightning, uh, but the drone, like she's hitting it pretty hard with the lightning, and the drone manages to shoot it off, and it hits a tree, which freaks her out. She's like, "Oh, you bastard! You you not only did you not get hurt by my attack, you hurt my trees." So she she's looking all around, and then she shoots a uh, a piece of piping that's uh, above them, which comes crashing down on the drone. And so as Rattrap and Botanica go to to inspect the carnage, so to speak, uh, and we do get Rattrap giving her a thumbs up uh, as they push some of the piping or go to push it away. The drone like lurches forward, you know, as if it's going to try and attack again, but then it immediately falls over. And we get the orange orb popping out of the body and zooming off again. Uh, this is where we get Rattrap activating his... Okay, here's the thing. He puts the visor down, which would make give me the assumption that he's going to see sort of like from a first-person view. The hologram that Optimus is seeing is the outside... Like, it's sort of panning around Rattrap's head. How exactly does that work? I do not know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, so... So yeah, they're communicating. Rattrap's telling Optimus about what happened. He's like, yes, Black Arachne and Silverbolt just reported the same thing. He's like, you better get back here on the double. He's, Rattrap's like, uh, yeah, I got, I got to go. And Botanica's like, yeah, okay, yeah. Because at first I thought she, didn't she say that she was going to stay there to tend, to tend to her field of dreams or something like that? Something. Like, I yeah, I think this is where she says the field of dreams thing. Yeah. Um, because later on, she's at the head, which I thought was kind of weird. But anyway, um, so we, we return to, or rather, we go to Thrust, who's just driving around and stumbles upon Cheetor and Night Scream and Obsidian and Stryka as, as they're talking. And he's sort of listening in. So he zooms in and he's like, oh, yeah, go figure. Uh, Megatron's not even gone for a, a, a millicycle and already you're switching teams. And, uh, he's like, you just remember that. He's like, if you're playing for all size, you're not playing for anybody, really. He's, yeah, like, the next- he's like, if you're loyal, if you're if you're, if you're loyal, loyal to everyone, side, then who are you loyal to or something? Yeah, like if you're loyal that. to yeah. everyone, you're not loyal to anyone here. I've got the clip. Okay. Lisa, what are you rebelt? What do you got? No, just kidding. <laughs> I do have the real chip. The real clip. Megatron isn't going to millicycle and you're switching teams. You retreads are no better than Silver Jet Stormbird or whatever he is. I love that part. Like I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm sorry. I think that the... 
I think that the thing didn't get picked up in there. I'm gonna play it. No. I'm gonna play it from the start. Sorry. <laughs> so uh, I, if 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 there was, if you guys didn't hear the the Lisa Simpson saying the the line because it didn't go through on the recording, uh, well then you, you know listeners are too out of luck, I guess. How can we continue to function without an objective? <laughs> Megatron isn't gone a millicycle, and you're switching teams? You retreads are no better than Silver Jet Stormbird or whatever he is. Sounds like somebody needs a new muffler. Every time the Big M disappears, you guys come sniffing around for turncoats. Without our leader, we must reevaluate. Weigh our options. Yeah, weigh this, Flyboy. If you're loyal to everybody, can you really be loyal to anybody? Megatron's gone, biker bot. So what are you rebelling against? What do you got? Our decision is made. We will join the Maximals. Whatever. Next time we cross paths, I'm smoking you traitors. I... It's so dumb, because, like, they they have... Like, okay, he is supposed to be dumb, but the fact that this convinces them later is annoying to me, because, like... It's not a good argument because they <laughs> are loyal to something. They're loyal to Cybertron. Whatever, whoever controls it, they're loyal to them. It's like, okay, slight spoilers for the Black Panther, but it's like the general in that movie who, when, like, you know, uh, King T'Challa is usurped by his, like, cousin, and who is, like, a dick, she's still going to fall on because she's loyal to Wakanda. That makes sense for a character. And, and it, it's an interesting character moment for her in that movie, where these characters are supposed to be the same kind of deal. So it makes complete sense for them to work with the Maximals now, because there's nobody ruling Cybertron anymore. It, actually, it makes sense for them to either work with them or just be uninvolved until there is a new rule. Those are the two things that make sense. Thrust, like, I get why he would say what he's saying. I mean, he's dumb enough to call Silver Bull the traitor rather than the fact that, like, he's just a completely different person. Like, he's not the same guy. It's not like Jetstorm became a traitor. He's just the guy who was inside of him came out. Like, yeah, like, it's... But the fact that this convinces them, it's just it just pisses me off. It, like, again, it's kind of spoilers for the end, but, like, they be bad guys again, and it doesn't make any sense. I'll talk mm. about it more then. Well, they're dumb. I mean, I think the thing is, they're not They're not, they're good not dumb, characters. They're supposed to be smart. No, no, yeah, but see, the legend said that they were smart. But then what we found out is that when they show up, everyone else just gets dumber. That's what actually happens. <laughs> well, the show is, yeah, it's not written well is the problem. Like, so what that means is, what that know. means is they have, a, they they aren't actually smart. They aren't actually smart. It's a, it's a, um, oh, I can't remember. What's it called? Like, um. That's cute and it's funny, but thing. it's supposed to be smart. I, don't, I mean, <laughs> yeah, they should be. Well, I mean, they they demonstrate that they're idiots in this even before that because they're like, oh, we don't have a mission. What are we supposed to do? I don't understand. I don't understand. Well, like, we don't okay, have like, a boss. They're gen- They're supposed to be generals. Generals are generally like leaders. Yeah. Like, okay, like you're yeah. you're right because they they word it wrong. But what they're trying to say is like. We serve Cybertron and current. They could say it so much better with like, we serve Cybertron and currently Cybertron is without guidance. What are we supposed to do? Like that makes more sense. Like they 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 have a charge. It's Cybertron, but they don't know what to do to serve Cybertron. That would make sense if they worded it like that. But they word it like like you said. Like they're like 
if they if they don't have a master, then there's dumb. Like it doesn't make yeah. It's yeah. I think I, I think what they are is their their old computers, like their their <laughs> their Star Trek computers, like. Like they just they don't they don't think for themselves and so they're very good at chess and that's it that's we directed to do that yeah yeah so (laughs) so like them I I mean them the fact that they yeah the fact that this crappy speech by Thrust is supposedly the thing that brings them back to Megatron when he shows back up um that's dumb but they could have even even my even my better version of the crappy version of them. Even even like even if they are like just logical beings, then they could say, well, you know, we've calculated the odds and it does seem that Megatron's the, you know, has the upper hand here now or something. And we will be we will rejoin Megatron. I do kind of feel like I do kind of feel like they have not take a note of what you just said, because I'll talk about it at the end. They have they have. I kind of feel like they have no loyalty. I kind of feel like they're they aren't loyal to anybody because they'll switch sides willy nilly. I think that's so. Maybe Thrust was right. I don't. I don't care. We talked about this too long. I'm gonna well, like. I explain. <laughs> I explain what they should have loyalty yeah. to the matter. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. No. I'm. Yeah. No. I understand what you're saying. I'm saying an alternative other should have done thing is what I'm saying, and that also is wrong. Okay. <laughs> so it's bad. I mean, they're bad characters. I mean, I guess the th- I guess I just think they're I, the difference is you had hope for these characters and I never had hope for these characters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but getting back to the episode, um so as Thrust drives off, we get a bit of a like a, a thunder and lightning in the sky and Cheetor is looking around, and then all of a sudden they're getting shot at. And as it turns out, all the drones that were with Obsidian and Striker are destroyed. Uh, there's an explosion, and Cheetor's like thrusted forward, and he sees a another sort of Frankensteinish bot. Uh, this time made up of uh, different Jetstorm parts, and it's growling and grumbling. And Cheetor uh, throws his swords at it; doesn't really seem to do much. We've got. The generals who are attacking it, it just sort of walks off all the all the fire from that. Uh, Night Scream tries to use his uh, vampire denture on it, and it seems to drain him as well. Yeah, because uh, and, it's, he's draining unlife. Yeah, and so the that drones. Yeah, so the <laughs> the the drone starts crawling away and goes over the edge of this um, sort of platform that they're on, and Cheetor goes to investigate. Oh, wow. And gets pulled off the platform also. He's hanging off the edge. And then we get Night Scream who, you know, goes to grab Cheetor. And he can uh, fly, but he's worried for some reason. He can yeah. fly. Um, so <laughs> as he's holding on to Cheetor, the, the drone's holding on to Cheetor's leg. But then it, we get this green sort of flash and glow. Well, and the generals grab on the night. Oh, yes. Generals start helping the Maximus. Yes. Like, like more direct. Yeah. And uh, so with the, the green flash, the, the, the orangey orb flies out of the body and the body falls and the orb goes flying off as everyone watches on. We then return to the Grand Mall and we first get Optimus greeting the new generals, welcoming them, welcoming them to the team. Uh, they, Night Scream, of course, is still very skeptical of them as they sort of glance over at him and then look to Optimus and Obsidian, you know, talks about given everything that's happened, it would be good if they made a perimeter uh, around the base. Or no, wait, that's not what they go for yet. They talk about how 
Uh, you so know, talk about how, how each attack. Oh, sorry, not talking about that yet. Talking about the speech when they get in first, I guess. Yeah, but yeah, they're talking about you know with Megatron gone that you know it makes sense for them to be part of this team. Then we we get the uh, the talk about the appearances of this orb and how it's triangulated right on the Grand Mall itself. And the assumption is, is that it's going to come for them next. Then this is where we get Obsidian and Striker saying that they're going to make a perimeter. And for some reason, they don't. Um, and, you know, Optimus agrees for them to go do that. They go walking off. They never make a perimeter. They just, for some reason, never get out of the head. Um, the the others start to talk, but then we get Rat Trap. We notice that there's a big energy surge coming towards the Grand Mall. And guess what? It's the big orange glowy orb as it's like blowing stuff up as it's traveling towards the big giant head. Um, as it approaches, uh, it's we get somehow Night Scream and Silverbolt get outside the head like a fair distance from it and Silverbolt's like stop right there and the big glowy orb just like crashes into him sends him flying off and just zooms past and we got Obsidian and Striker who are, I don't know where they are they suck at making perimeters I guess uh, but Night Scream goes after Silverbolt to try and rescue him and the big glowy orb manages to get into the Grand Mall and then we finally see Obsidian and Striker. They're sort of patrolling through the head as uh, Rashap sees that it, the orb, he's tracking the orb from the, the sort of central command part of the, the ship uh, looking on the map. This is where we get the, uh, the you shall not pass, which the orb just you know ignores and just smashes into them and goes flying. Uh, we then see that there, there's two teams. We've got Cheetor and Black Arachnia and Optimus and Botanica. And we first see Cheetor and, and Black Arachnia. They split up. And then we have one of those little sentry drones from uh, a few episodes back, like one of the sort of orbs that was floating around. It starts following Cheetor and starts just as Cheetor is looking around. He thinks he sees something on sort of like a little scorch mark or something. Uh, we then hear uh, some some shots ringing out as we get Black Arachnia, you know, looking to see what's going on. Cheetors managed to deflect them, but the orb then shoots out a pillar, which lands on Cheetors Cheetors' shoulder. And so Cheetors trying to to reach for his sword as the the orb approaches and Black We're Arachnia. We're way past it now, but I got distracted. I just want to say I love when the spark like just like wrecks Silverbolt yeah. and then Striker. How it just like yeah. like you shall not pass and wrecks them. Let's go straight through them. Although I think it's weird that it has physical like it can affect people physically. I don't understand why I can't just like phase through them. But yeah. it's funnier that it does blast through them all. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty silly. Um, Black Arachnia manages to to hit the orbit, you know, smacks into the wall, and it does like the green glowy surge that we saw what earlier. What did she hit the orb with? I think it was one of those like sort of energy shurikens. Blast, but she doesn't. Or maybe it was. I just saw yellow. I guess it's sparks coming off of it. I thought it was like a bullet, and I was like, "I just mean, sand doesn't have any guns." But no, it's probably a shark. Yeah. So yeah. So the the orb goes flying off, and uh, Cheetor and Black Arachne, you know, Black Arachne sort of checks in on him. Uh, we then get Rattrap, who radios into Optimus, telling him that the the energy surge is close to them. They go into a room. Uh, the doors slam shut behind them. 
Uh, Optus, you know, directs Botanica to go in one direction as we see this claw above them as the light goes out in the room. Then it starts to sort of, you know, flicker. Very horror movie-esque. Yeah, I like this part of the episode. I I guess I said earlier that I like this episode and things in it but what i like about this episode is botanica and rat trap and then this part where it, it like all the parts with where it kind of tries to be a little bit hoary 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 oh my god <laughs> i'm the worst at words i'm just gonna kill myself now bye terror? maybe you try maybe terror it's, 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 it's more in like yeah suspenseful. it's got like yeah it's more suspenseful and like thrilling and like kind of like the stuff with the, with the zombies and the and this is good. This is the part that I like. I, I some of some of the moments that are handled in them are like like you know like the thing where it's like Knights Commune just flies, acting like it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I I like this part. Yeah, because uh, yeah, we we see a, a tank or drone dropping from the ceiling uh, down as Optimus you know shouts the warning to Botanica, and it sort of blacks out. And then we've got Rat Trap, who's we cut back to him. And he's like, oh. This... Think, uh, uh, what was what? What was the exact wording? Was it? I can't help you out here, buddy. I'm sorry. I don't yeah, know. I'm trying to remember the line, but he 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 makes notice of the how it seems to be full, full of uh, electrons. Well, it says and, positrons, which is even worse. Yeah, because like positrons are like I think like I, I I'm not that smart, but I think when I was watching with Cassie, she mentioned that that's what like molecules are made out of is positrons. Mm-hmm. So like they, she wasn't sure if, if the people making the show knew what they meant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but then he seems to you know get this bright well, idea. No, no like, positrons have to do with. I thought it had to do with like what that. that's what sparks are, or that's what sparks are. Yeah, I mean of. it's yeah. I mean like in the real world though. And okay, sure okay, so okay, so uh, it's okay. So a positronic particle or a positron is a subatomic particle with the same mass as an electron and a numerically equal, but positive charge. Electrons have a negative okay. charge. Uh, molecules have an equal number of, uh, of protons and electrons. If it's a stable mm-hmm. molecule. Um, so that's, but I don't know what positrons are because they would because they would not be part of a molecule i think she might have said adam said i'm not i don't remember, quite remember or, yeah, or sorry sorry and a- adam adam <laughs> yeah i'm thinking adam because a molecule is made up of multiple atoms yeah uh but uh uh it says the oh it's the antimatter counterpart of the electron yeah. oh so positron collides with an extron annihilation this occurs with low energy okay so the difference is the difference is that okay, th- so that kind of makes sense. <coughs> um, so it but sounds yeah, like it's got to do with radioactive crap. Basically, if you have a, a <laughs> an electron and a and a proton, that causes the atom to be stable. Uh, but if an electron and a positron collide, then they they get annihilated. They go they go away, and it causes gamma rays and nuclear something or other. Yeah, um, but in this particular instance, Rat Trap seems to to have the idea that this thing seems to be like almost like a polar opposite of a spark, and that's where he gets an idea. So I'm sorry, I'm going to interject this. Remember when we had uh, when we had Joe, the Ghostbusters dude, on, yes. and he was able to explain what Cheetor's uh, quasar gun was. Yes. Yes. I already thought we should have had him on this episode while I was watching this episode because it's very Ghostbusters-y. 
Yeah, this is almost yeah, better than the Starscream one. It's definitely you. more Ghostbusters than the Starscream one. But, you know, I mean, <laughs> well, obviously. I guess, I guess we, should just, we should just put this recording in a can and just do it another day. <laughs> so we need to go on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like the fact that we also had no, science I mean, like, questions. It, it's 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 kind of perfect. I kind of really do wish she was on. Like I, yeah. I, I almost want to be like, yeah, let's just redo this episode. But no, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, maybe I'll like at you later. And, yeah, have uh, him uh, have him record a little a little. Res- have him watch the episode, <laughs> record a little response, and, and tell us what a positron is. And tell us why I was probably wrong in describing it because I was just reading the first paragraph of the article and trying to remember 10th grade chemistry. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll link him his episode and be like, may we have your Ghostbusters opinion on this? <laughs> I think that would be fine. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Rat Trap seems to have come to a, a realization as we cut back to, to Optimus, who's getting pummeled by this tank or drone, like literally getting punched and punched and punched uh yeah but we 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 see like this shadowy backlit uh with a light flickering it's holding up optimus and it like shakes him a little bit and it all you almost think like he does something to Optimus, but doesn't and he just drops him and then just starts you know rolling off um optimus is slow to get back up as botanica checks on him and they look on uh we then have the the tank drone sort of rolling down these hallways and we then get Rat Trap, who's watching him overhead from like a, a vent above him. Uh, he he sort of scoots along, gets in front of him, and then drops down. And the the tank drone looks like it's about to attack. And then Rat Trap pulls out a spark extractor and pulls this orange glowy orb out of the body. It gets into the spark extractor and Rattrap then proceeds to start reversing its polarity. <laughs> He's like, ha ha, I got you now. And the spark. And then the spark's like, oh no, you don't. Yeah. And literally starts dragging him around, even though that shouldn't be possible, we wouldn't think. But oh, that's uh a very special spark. Uh because uh, yeah, Rattrap sort of smacks into a pole and he releases the spark extractor. And the glowy orb flies around and then drops into a guilty spark drone. We then hear a familiar voice as Megatron is like, I'm alive. I, he's like, I and live. I am much tiny. smaller than I remember. Yes. <laughs> as he's looking at, at a shadow, he's like, what's going on here? Why am I not in my body? And Ratchup's like, ah, ah, ah. like I managed to. To reverse the polarity on your spark, and I managed to put you into a body. Um, I got the clip. Here's the clip. Okay. I live! I live! I... (gasps) What kind of puny body is this? I don't believe it! I was right! (laughs) Gotcha! I'm trapped! Why can't I get out? I just repolarized your spark and bonded it to that body. <laughs> Hope you like your new home. Ugh, trapped like a rat. Buy a rat. Megatron, we thought you were destroyed. <sighs> Not destroyed, merely lost and consumed by my hatred for you. Not so tough now, are you, big guy? Ah, depowered, perhaps but tough enough for the likes of you. 
So listening to that clip, does it seem to anyone else like the actors are kind of not doing as good? Like the voice acting hasn't been as good in the last few episodes. I think uh, Megatron's been great, but like Optimus there, dramatic, where he's like, Optimus yeah. is like Megatron. We thought you were destroyed. That was a little bit of phoned in, yeah. Because I mean, like, yeah. he should be a little bit more surprised. But at this point, maybe it's just like, God damn. Gary, Gary Chalk's like. His honest, his honest reaction is just like, God damn. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> Gary Chalk's like, I got to be the police officer on Smallville in 20 minutes. You guys get one take. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, it's. He, he's. I almost wish they. Like, I know we got it. There's, there's still four more episodes and he needed an antagonist, but like, I don't know. I almost wish they didn't beat him so completely last episode to have this like big status quo change right before the end when like, it's not that, I don't know, maybe it's been cool with it, but so far I'm like, okay, so they're fighting Guilty Spark and like three guys now. I mean, like, they're not even, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, it's, it's a little weird. It's, yeah. It, it was kind of funny when he was in it, but I, but like I almost think like it would have been hilarious if he just like kicked his ass immediately. But like, uh. <laughs> so I I just want to point out that I did watch a little bit ahead, and I do kind of like what they actually go with this. So it's okay. actually a little interesting. That's but I'm good. not That's, I'm not see. yet a hundred percent sure if if it's the right thing just yet. But I did like one of the little things that they did do. So okay. we'll, we'll we'll see if that if they keep it up. Um. So yeah, we we get uh, Megatron activating the ship's defenses, and we get a bunch of the the sort of tentacle spark extractors coming out of the walls and the ceiling. And once again, we get the Maximals all tied up. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, and, Megatron and, and, and might be in that body, but it's still his spark. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, Optimus like has his yeah. We get bondage Optimus again. <laughs> well, well yeah. no, the, obviously, I mean, like he has this moment where everything slows down. He's looking at everything, and I was like, okay, so is he gonna like pull off some awesome, cool shit and like save everybody in this moment where he's like looking at everybody and it's slowing down? But no, he just like it's just him being like fucking not again, I guess, and being all scared, and then gets immediately racked. Like I, I think it would have been cool this like slow down scene if it had led to him like kicking ass. But yeah. it just kind of leads to him getting his ass kicked. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Megatron starts to try and and pry Prime Spark out of his body. Uh, Rattrap instructs Botanica to to shoot out the control panel that Megatron had just used, uh, which releases all of them. Uh, thankfully, so because otherwise it could have been bad. Uh, we then get the Maximals facing off with Megatron, who's, you know, he's ready to throw down at this point, regardless of whatever body he's in. Um, okay, wait, 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 wait. Okay, so, but you said Botanica, you kind of explained to see Botanica shoots on control panel, right? Yes. And, I, and as soon as you did, I'm like, she can shoot the whole time? Yeah. <laughs> because, like, why didn't she just shoot Megatron? Yeah. What? Why don't she just shoot? Any sense. Why doesn't the Power Rangers just shoot the monster with the gun? <laughs> it's different in Power Rangers. Like even when they do just shoot the monster with the gun, they don't like they don't win. I mean, like shooting with the thing about it is shooting them with a gun isn't that effective, right? But here, like she's got these super lightning powers, and he's just a little bug thing, and like it just seems so dumb. Like why was she even hanging there for as long as she was if she could just shoot? But they don't even have a scene. If they had heard her be like, she struggles and then is able to shoot, that'd be fine. But she just effortlessly shoots the thing on the wall. I'm like, why was she even captured? Like, okay. I'm just saying <laughs> the, the most important episode of Power Rangers, which is the one that I was on Teenagers with Attitude for, 
Billy just pulls out his gun and kills the monster with That's pretty sweet. So I'm just saying, it's basically the same thing. But yeah, so let me yeah. get the dumbest part of the episode. Yes, because we get Obsidian and Striker who show up and they're do like, think Megatron. That, do you think that uh that uh, Botanica has to follow Zordon's three rules. That would also I mean, explain why she doesn't. But her shitty Megatron wouldn't be escalating anything. It was already pretty bad. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> saying, I'm just saying, maybe that that would also explain why she doesn't just win all of the battles instantly because she's crazy overpowered. Yeah, maybe. I don't know, but like, okay, so Obsidian and Striker show up and they look at the Maximals and, and Optimus goes in the eye and they look at Megatron and for some reason they decide the best thing to do is to side with Megatron, even though like. As it stands, if there was a ruler of Cybertron, it'd be Optimus. Like, it doesn't make any fucking sense why they go with Megatron. They, they, it's because, like, oh, like, Thrust made them be loyal to someone. But, like, why were they so unloyal before? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, they, their whole thing is supposed to be that they, they side with whoever controls Cybertron. Currently, I would argue that the, the, the Maximals control Cybertron... Why the fuck did they just go and rescue him? Like, it, and like, if we're talking about like, oh, they think it's a, they, they're logical and they think it's a tactical advantage. No, like, clearly the Maximals have a tactical advantage here. He's, it's just the shitty Guilty Spark and Thrust right now. It's the only enemies. Like, it's just, it doesn't make any they, sense. I but, hate it. But I think you can, I think you can argue that the character, if if it was better, which it's not, you could argue the logic. If they're smarter than us. So like they see, they see other variable beyond just the obvious that Megatron's losing and that Megatron's been losing for some time. I mean, when they got hired, Megatron was losing. Yeah, but at least he was Cybertron. Like he technically. Yeah, was, no, no. Was, I, Cybertron was his body. I know. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I'm casting an alternative that also doesn't work because it's just, <laughs> I mean, it's bad. Like it's bad. I mean, these characters have sucked the whole time. Like. There's just, you know, there's yeah. Okay. Also, also just uh, Data has a positronic brain. And I think that they've brought up positrons in the past relating to sparks and stuff. Yeah, I remember hearing <laughs> yeah. that song before. So yeah. so I wanted to throw that out there, too, just in case. Uh, it means something. It means something, <laughs> yeah. But, like, also, if the other thing that would have been better, that would have made this ending make more sense is if, Thrust's speech had been better, or if they had shown, like, that they were conflicted because of it. But because instead of being like, like, before it was like, we're not in, you know, like, the the other time that Megatron died and they tried to get the Viacons to join him, they were like, they were like, I mean, no, we're not going to join you because we were just under Megatron. We don't need to be under a new boss. Like, th- mm-hmm. with this one, it was like, does not compute, does not compute. Yeah, it's almost like they're robots. <laughs> almost. But yeah, like they, their whole thing is supposed to be that they serve Cybertron, and currently Megatron is not Cybertron, and it's, yeah. it's dumb. The, the, anything that might have been cool about these characters is now thrown. Their their potential is all but lost now. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they make a, a getaway. Uh. Gee, thankfully there was a platform right underneath the platform that they were on. And it also had a door. <laughs> so yeah, they make their escape. Uh Night Scream is like, but I thought we I thought I destroyed Megatron. To which Optimus is like, no, when you hit him, you must have reversed the polarity of his spark. Because that makes sense. Yeah. Sound waves reverse. 
Sound waves reverse polarities of sparks. Got it. Mm. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, so, if you hit the right frequency. Yeah. I guess. But yeah, and then Optimus is like, well, and thanks to Rat Trap, we were able. He was able to figure it out and you know fix that up. He's like, eh. yeah, that's why. That's why if um if you if a if an opera singer sings a really high note and it hits the resonant frequency of glass, it reverses the polarity of that glass, which makes it shatter. <laughs> God exactly. damn. It's just science. <laughs> or like if you listen to really really loud music and it breaks your eardrums. It's because your eardrum's polarity has been reversed. Uh, so things that you used to be able to hear, now you can't hear. Yes, mm. but that means the things that you couldn't hear before, you can now hear. But like for, a dog. But it's weird because like, you could actually hear everything before. So there's actually nothing. You- <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Or like if a um, car hits a, hits like a wall and it breaks the engine, it's because the polarity of that engine was broken. Oh, my God. We are finished. Let me finish this episode. (laughs) (laughs) So that we can reverse the polarity of the episode. (laughs) No more polarity reversals. God damn it. This is what happens when we get science involved. Um, so yes, we, we then cut to Megatron and the generals and Megatron's like, why did you pull me out of there? And they're like, well, you were going to lose. So we thought it best to make a tactical retreat. He's like, I accept failure from no one at any time. Da, 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 da. No failure. Yes. They were um, reversing the polarity of their advance. Uh, <laughs> God damn it. But yes, we we then get Thrust driving out and he smacks Megatron aside. He's like, listen up, you two. And then <laughs> Megatron comes back and just socks him in the face. And Thrust is like, Megatron? Only one person hits me like that. <laughs> I know that yeah. punch anywhere. It, it reminds me of like um, in the Ninja Turtles 2 movie when Tat, Tatsu, um, when Shredder comes back and he, I think someone's ready to like hit Shredder and they realize who he is and they're like, oh wait, you're the master. And they kind of like instantly, you know, start trying to uh, kiss ass to them. That's exactly what Thrust says here. Which I think yeah. is funny. Yeah. So the, the generals uh, are like, well, the Maximals had us, have us at a disadvantage and Megatron's like, well, now we must go on the offensive. And that is, everyone's like, we have no time to waste. And that's the end of the episode. So interesting episode right up until the end. Yeah, yeah there was stuff that I didn't like during the episode, but like most of it I could like, I was enjoying myself enough with the the horror aspects and the, the black rack, uh, no, blah, blah. Not Black Arachnia. The um, Botanica and, and Rat Trap romance is, is kind of entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, yeah, the ending just pissed me off. Because, like, again, like, any potential these characters had is just thrown out the window now. Because now they're just, now they're just bad guys. That's all they are. Yeah. They're just mooks. Yeah, it doesn't really paint them in a very good light. What, what about your thoughts, Jordan and Kendall? I... Yeah, I mean, there, there was those moments, especially the end and stuff like that, or where things just kind of felt weird or odd. As much as I laughed at the uh, the scene between uh, Rat Trap and Botanica, it like I said, like I had to watch it a couple of times to try and kind of parse out what exactly it did. So I mean, it was weird, but I did enjoy it. I thought it was funny. Um, and you know what Emily says about. Uh, Strika and Obsidian is kind of true too. Like it did seem kind of weird that they like flipped back and forth like that really quickly 
without really explaining like, oh yeah, well, we're still going to, without even like giving a really good reason why they're sticking with Megatron. Like even if, even if it was just like, oh, we'll pretend to be working with the Maximals until we're sure uh, like Megatron's idea does or does not work, you know, before, before basically deciding to decide with Megatron wholeheartedly like that, it would have been a little bit nicer, but it just kind of seemed a little odd. Well, I'll say it wasn't the worst piece of media that Marv Wolfman was involved with that I consumed today. Oh, sick oh. burn. Ooh. If you want to hear more about that, listen to the upcoming episode <laughs> of The Pull List, in which Jared and I rant about Action Comics 1000 for 45 minutes. Um, but no, uh, but seriously, folks, I mean, this episode was like a step back in the right direction. I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm just so... This season has just been so bad that I just like kind of it's hard for me to be. This is like it was toward the end of Beast Wars. Like it's hard for me to be invested in the show. Like yeah. I just kind of like the thing is, if if I was just watching this show, I would have just binged through this season and then never think of it again. <laughs> but because we have to talk about every single godforsaken episode, <laughs> it's like, uh, but I mean, but this was better. I mean, this was a step in the right direction. Like this was a. Definitely a breath of fresh air for the season, but yeah, I mean, it's still had issues. But it's like a little too, uh, too little too late. Yeah, yeah. Thing. And I mean, I feel like I kind of feel like I've said that about a couple of episodes recently where it's like, this is maybe there's some good stuff, but there's just been so much bad. And yeah. the, and it's yeah, like the the episode with the where Rat Trap pulls out the porno. Like, I like that bit, but but the rest of the episode was bad. And the rest of and the one after it was and stuff. I mean, like, but yeah, this one, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just like, I think they wanted to, it feels like they wanted to have more depth with some of these characters than they actually have. And, and they just, and, and it's like, I mean, cause I'm perfectly fine with having the, the generals just be random, random crappy henchmen, like, you know, just, you know, just new people, but, but yeah, one don't make them tactical geniuses. And two, don't like, why did they even join the Maximals? Like even cause, cause even if they hadn't joined the Maximals, even if they had said, we'll think about it mm-hmm. or, or, or something, or, or, or if, um, or if, uh, or if they were going to say that, uh, that thrust speech won them over about, you know, if you're loyal to everybody, you're loyal to nobody. And then they said, we'll I'll have to think about it and walk away. And then they end up joining Megatron because they're loyal because the thrust speech that would have made more sense too, but there's so many things yeah. that would have made more sense. I feel like that's what we, t- that's like every episode. Now we're, uh, this whole episode is just us workshopping ideas to make the show better. <laughs> or maybe we're Monday yeah. morning quarterbacking. Maybe we're, you know, maybe we're all, I mean, I, I don't, I don't write, I don't write Saturday morning cartoons in the year 2000 uh, for a yeah. living. So maybe I, we're all I, totally I, wrong, but I don't, I don't think it would have been – it would have made sense for the characters, even the thing that you said. But it still would have made more sense than them joining the Maximals for such a short period of time. Yeah. Like it's it's like so quickly they just drop out of that. And it's like – like I, I know how a series ends. But like – so I, I know this isn't going to happen. But I, I, I would just hate if they ended the series and these guys were like, oh, Megatron's dead. We're on your side now. And they didn't just instantly kill them because like – 
like you know like kill them for like betraying the maximals the maximals killing them is what i'm saying because like if they took them back at this point at any point now i'd be like no you guys are fucking idiots i don't now, support like- the death penalty so i wouldn't want them to execute them <laughs> Uh, but I mean, yeah, I think the thing I my point is that the the reason the show is bad is because of a million little things that add up. It's not these specific. It's not just like one like a like one thing that ruins it or like that ruins even even. It's not even like one thing that ruins an episode. It's it's these millions of little decisions that if they were slightly better, then they would have m- made the show significantly more. But yeah. or maybe we're just nitpicking, and I'm like I said, if if I was watching this on my own, I would have just binged through these last four episodes, and I'd be done with it. I probably would be drunk and not remember them. <laughs> but we have to fucking talk about every single episode for at least three and a half hours. Don't start a rewatch podcast, people. Oh no! Oh no! I'm in several of them, so I don't know. I'm having a good time. <laughs> Don't do it. I'm having a lot of fun watching. I'm having a lot of fun watching Power Rangers. Fun. If somebody asks you if you want to join a rewatch podcast, you say, "I'll think about it." (laughs) Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. You say, you say, yeah, I'll be on it as guest. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Or you say, or you say, or you say, yes, I'll be on it, but then just don't show up. Aww, that's (laughs) mean though. Yeah. Uh, or or so. you say yes, but we have to limit it to 45 minutes an episode. <laughs> uh, but yes, um, so we've got a news post from Casey. As Did we have, I think we have one or two questions, didn't we there, Jordan? Yeah, just just a couple. Okay. Limit, limit Casey's news posts. If you have a, if you have Casey do a news post on your, uh, on your podcast, limit them to 45 minutes an episode as well. <laughs> Actually, this one's relatively short. Yep. Uh, so Casey goes on to say, hey there, BCs. Uh, things have been a bit rough, and I'm both tired and short on time, so I'm going to keep things brief and to the point. News time, ahoy. First up, we have some official packaging for Cyberverse, Ultra Class, and Ultimate Class figures. Uh, she goes on to provide us with some links, which I'll be in the... Uh, the write-up for the episode this week. Uh, while it keeps the same font the Transformers brand has been using for its logos for a while now, it departs from the usual red coloring and goes back with goes with black. Oddly, the word Transformers in the actual Cyberverse logo is seen on the packaging is still in red. Besides that, there's not much else to say other than the packaging is primarily yellow and black. Maybe it's because the main character of the show is Bumblebee. Also worth noting that Ultimate Class toys come in actual sealed boxes with windows, much like Voyager and leader class figures. Up next, we have a peek at the packaging for power for both Power of the Primes, Rekgar, and Nemesis Prime. By the way, the, uh, I accidentally sent us... I didn't send us the, the box ones, so let me just add those there so we can look at them later. Aha! Uh-huh. Oh, those are kind of neat. Yeah, because I just sent the, the, the... Or what are they? The, the Ultra Class, not the Ultimate Class ones. Yeah. Um, so... Not much to say about Rekkar other than the art looks nice. While the leaker of this material has unceremoniously blocked out much of the back of Nemesis Prime's box, we do get confirmation that the sword shown in his reveal image from before is in fact an homage to the transforming Minicon sword named Giza from his Transformers Prime toy incarnation. We also get to see his character bio. If Optimus Prime is the universe's hope, shining beacon... His evil clone, Nemesis Prime, is his doomsday black hole. 
He possesses the same strength and intelligence as the Autobot leader, but is vile and without remorse and driven to eliminate all on his path. Sounds pretty spooky. Yeah. Last but not least, Blaster has been officially added to Forge to Fight. And she provides Yay. us with the uh, the announcement link there. Uh, after more than a few departures with recent character models, Blaster returns to the previous tradition of using a character's most recent toy as the basis for the character model, with Blaster being based on his Titan's Return Leader Class toy. Much like Soundwave, Blaster is teamed with some of his min- own minions. In this case, the minions are Steeljaw, the Autobot Lion counterpart to Ravage, and Rewind, the latter of whom rose from obscurity to become a fan-favorite character thanks to a starring role in the More Than Meets the Eyes comic alongside his space husband, Chrome Dome. Uh, yeah, I heard that was a really great series, and I've seen bits and pieces. I've heard so, it gets sad, though. I'm yeah, really scared of that. Yeah. yeah. I want to read it, but I'm scared. Yeah. Um, Casey goes on to say, Steeljaw has unfortunately not had any recent toy incarnations, despite being one of Blaster's primary partners. But Rewind's recent popularity earned him a Legends-class toy in Titan's Return that was compatible with that line's Blaster. And his appearance here seems based on that toy as well. So that's all for this week. No questions for, for from her this time. She hopes to ha- that we all have a wonderful week and aren't possessed by scary red orb soul of techno-fascists. Too late. <laughs> I got so, him out, but it happened. Yeah. So, thanks. Well, I, I so, just yeah. wanted to point out some of the neat things about the Forge to Fight thing with Blaster. Yep. Is uh, like they mentioned his signature ability, which is the thing you unlock like when you get two of the same like rarity level of him. Yes. Is that his shielding system can be upgraded to absorb incoming energy attacks and repair damage. A similar upgrade was requested by his fellow Autobots for their audio receptors as an answer to his taste in music. <laughs> but. Uh, they point this out in like, especially in that page that we'll have linked. Um, how apparently this is kind of the inverse of what Soundwave has. When you when you unlock his uh, uh, his his signature ability, and I've actually had to learn to actually keep an eye out for this. When you use ranged energy attacks at him, mm-hmm. he he can reflect them. He can block and reflect them. Oh, so okay. his yeah his block will basically Soundwave's block will basically you know shoot them back at you. But apparently, this what this means is that if he's fi- if Blaster's fighting Soundwave, if he shoots him with an energy blast and it gets reflected, all he has to do is block it and he gets healed. Oh, so, neat. So yeah, like it, it mentions even like strong matchups like uh, against Soundwave, Blaster is able to repair himself with his own reflected pro- projectiles. Let the rivalry begin. Hmm. Interesting. And like I said, like it, I kind of find it interesting that they are doing like a little bit more and. <laughs> Instead of just basically pointing out things and just like making up random attacks to kind of just from stuff from the show, they are taking time to think of like, okay, how can we balance it or give them abilities that would work well with the game, with the mechanics they have, you know? Yeah. They're not just basically throwing things in there and just just adding to it to, to get money, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. All right. So that was what we have for the news post. So yeah, it was nice and quick for you this week, Kendall. Uh, what do we have for, for questions there, Jordan? <laughs> All right, so we got two questions here. We got one from the uh, uh, from Twitter from the from Driftloon Platoon Lapoons in a Typhoon, which at what is cosplay? I think I said Hi, that. Hi, Cassidy. One. Whoa, Cyberzomb. Hey, Cassie. <laughs> What's your fave type of flesh Um, I am not I'm, super into flesh eating, to be honest. Me so, either. Human. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I don't know. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> 
I'm trying to um, think. I'm trying to think yeah, of the most like, dangerous like, prey. Yeah, like 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 fucking like monsters, I guess. Like T Rexes, I mean, like dinosaurs are cool. Like if I'm a flesh eating like zombies and ghouls and stuff, I don't know. I'm not like super into them to be honest. Yeah. I don't know. Like monsters. Um my hair kind of flesh eater. I know like, I know like, I'm I can, stuck in two thousand nine, but I like zombies. I still I still like the zombie mythos. I like the concept of the zombie I like zombie. I like that it's 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 a monster that you can that translates well into uh, horror and comedy and a mix of horror and comedy. Um, yeah, I like I like zombies a lot, and and I like that it's been even though it's been overexplored. It's it's I like that it's kind of a genre that's been that's been like broken down and deconstructed in the last few years. Sure. Yeah. I mean, like I don't nothing against zombies. It's just I would never call them my favorite. You know. Yeah. Well, how about, if, my how about favorite. if you, if you uh, broaden it out to just carnivores? Like, well, I mean, like, I, I'm not being specific enough when I say monsters, I feel like, but saying, like, but if someone asks you what your favorite flesh eater is and you say a hydra, it just seems weird, right? Because, like, hydra is probably one of my favorite monsters that eat people. Like, I like minotaurs a lot and centaurs, but they're not, like, flesh eaters, I don't think. Oh, wait, Maybe I know. Not, some, I, I'm sure I, some I minotor are. Uh, what's his name? The cephalus. Is, is that how you say it? The flesh eating, no, the, 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 the flesh eating house horse there, like the from Greek mythology. But there was this like crazy, crazy like I don't know if you ever heard of Rain the Conqueror, but the, it did this crazy like version of uh of the William the Conqueror or Alexander the Conqueror story, and it was done by like this Korean group that basically are the folks who did uh, Aeon Flux and those animations. So it was just off the wall. It had it had math ninjas and uh. And just like the the cult of Zoroaster, and just like all of this, it was insane. It was like a drug trip, except you never took any drugs. It just kept going and going. Okay, yeah. you know but who I should have said? You know who I should have said was my favorite flesh eater? Olivia yes. Moore. <laughs> to bring it all back around, because she's the main say. character from I Zombie. She's a zombie in I Zombie, but uh, but also she's the <laughs> Instagram Does person. She, doesn't she kind of eat brains more than flesh, though? It's flesh. Well, are made of flesh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean the the zombies in if you go so the the way that the zombie mythos works in in uh I zombie is basically if you are consistently eating brains, like that's what you crave, you're consistently eating brains, but if you're but if you lose control or if you're like starved or whatever, then I mean you're gonna like just like then you're gonna go be like more of a like a like a Romero zombie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, also it's the I think it's the mares of Diomedes that you're thinking of, Jordan. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. one of them is called Bucephalus, and okay. I think uh, it was like I know that uh, it was one of the trials of Hercules to handle yes. handle them. Yeah. But uh, yeah, supposedly oh. supposedly. The horse that Alexander the Great tamed and had was Bucephalus, which was okay, so, a descendant of one of those mares of Dionysus that were flesh-eating horses. And you, me- yeah, you mentioning the these flesh-eating horses are from Greek mythology made me think of my favorite flesh-eater, and that is the hawk or eagle or whatever it is in Perseus's myth, who comes and eats his liver every day. Oh, <laughs> or Prometheus or That's whatever. A, isn't that a um, isn't that a vulture? I think it's an eagle. It could be a vulture. 
But that that bird's an asshole. Like he's a total <laughs> dick. Comes every day and eats his fucking liver. Like what an asshole. I mean, I, I go it. to McDonald's every day. Does that make me an asshole? You're not fucking like ripping a living creature's liver out and eating it every day. So no, Kendall. I mean, where do you think they you get their hamburgers? You asking that question, you an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like they're. It's not like their hamburgers are like made from a tree. Yeah, but you're not like okay, but like okay, like the cow gets killed and then you eat food. You're not like going up to a cow and ripping its liver out while looking at it and be like, "Ha, I'm eating your liver," and do it like every day to the same cow. That's totally different. <laughs> so uh, I just want to say that uh, if you ever get a chance to watch *Rain the Conqueror*, I would suggest doing it on probably when you have a weekend to basically just veg out and probably with friends because it might not exactly be something that can just be taken in all at once very easily because mm-hmm. like i said it's like a drug trip except you don't take drugs mm. did you guys ever read marvel zombies yes no. i read a lot of marvel i remember zombies. i remember black panther it was kind of like a, that situation which whoever there was one of them that was trying to stay sane by just slowly eating black panther oh yeah god that was so messed up i don't like that i don't like it i I did like like, i did like that they used uh um machine man from uh next wave in that in in that series the one that basically hated all flesh bags and they basically wanted him to try and uh handle the 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 zombies or something yeah next wave eh. i i have tried to read next Next wave so many times i think the problem was when they actually tried to make a canon i liked it when it was like itself I've I've never I've read the first issue of Next Wave probably six times with the intention <laughs> of reading the entire series every time because I th- I always convince myself that it was this great treasure and I never read the next issue. Wasn't the fir- wasn't the first one with Fang Fang Foom though? I don't remember. I've only read it was, six times. Because I, I remember that that bit being pretty funny. I'm anyway. We we should move on so, to the next question. We I'm sure it's good. I'm sure it's good, but. I, <laughs> Which agents of Next Wave is each of the Beast Wars? Uh, no. I don't know any of these people. We'll <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you don't know uh, Monica Rambeau? I don't know. I'm just kidding. Just, Sorry. No. Sorry. Also, I just realized I said okay. each of the Beast Wars. <laughs> <laughs> so the other question we had was from uh, Rhea Rose on the Facebook group. Who they wanted to let us know that they also ship Ratanica, uh, and more Transformer possessions. How amazing are these guys' sparks? This also alludes to to what I was going to say. Like I think Megatron's here. It might be one of those one percenter, like or whatever one hundred things. There's an actual term for like very overpowered sparks, mm-hmm. like Prime, like Optimus Prime, and and the original Megatron are are examples, but a couple of other. Uh, characters have been kind of noted as have oh and uh starscream because of his yeah. mortality yeah I'm, yeah megatron's definitely a one percenter he's all about <laughs> wall street and doesn't care about main street uh transmute too as well yes transmute would have been one of those super powerful ones um a lot of the older trans like metroplex and Trypticon, fortress maximus the combiner, well, the combiners are technically five sparks, so I suppose that doesn't really work. I went to the metro set, the Metroplex to see him. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, Megatron Spark is mentioned under Aberrant Sparks in the TF Wiki. Like, 
this is properties that is not normal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the ones that I mentioned, I think, are the, the ones that I like that really stick out in my mind. Hitron Spark is Abby something. <laughs> Abby normal. Abby normal. <laughs> you put Megan. an abnormal spark in a giant floating head. <laughs> all right. So is that all the questions that we had there, Jordan? Yes, that was all the questions we had. Okay. So does anybody have anything they would like to plug this week? Uh, I'll plug uh, Dan's Game Apartment 1C again. He's still doing doing things. I got to check uh, what he was doing this Monday, like, you know, just for like a little quick before we started. Mm-hmm. And he was he's doing mo- his modern Mondays right currently is he's doing a, uh, a Hat in Time. Is that what it's oh, called? Okay. The Switch, which looks really cute. Uh, but, you know, he's still doing Fridays as his usual game challenges. Uh, I'm also going to plug Jesse Cooper's uh, Creepy Cryptids and Alphabet Flight, which I'm helping now kind of like actually like promote, promote, because now I'm like running the, the Twitter and stuff like that. So so nice. if you see if you see if you see random people following you from uh, with, about Alpha Flight and Creepy Cryptids, that's that's why I'm following people now. <laughs> And also, because I'm actually going to try and record something tomorrow for it, I'm also going to try and start my own podcast called What's McCracken? Nice. And I could probably go more into it, but it would take a while. But in general, it's basically going to be a uh, basically a cartoon rewatch discussion podcast like all the others we've been doing. But we're going to be starting with uh, the show Wander Over Yonder. Cool. Cool. Em, how about you? Um... You can find me on other audio HB podcasts, Teenagers of Attitude, uh, Home Permanent Losers, and In Pursuit of Passions, which I just uploaded an episode of on the day of recording, which again is about um, Luna, or as she goes by, uh, Sarah, um, and her love of transformation uh, fetish. It's really fun. It, I mean, like, if, if, if it's not if not safe for work stuff is not you're up your alley, then, yeah, it's not going to be for you. But if if you're willing to, like, you know, get your hands a little dirty, I think it's a fun discussion. Cool. Kendall, how about you? Oh, um, I'm sorry. Oh, you sorry. also get me on uh, Twitter at This Is Emeralds. Unless I already said that. I don't remember if I did. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no worries. So, Kendall, how about you? You can find everything I do at KendallCast.Ninja. Uh, my, all my podcasts are the, on the Kendall cast feed on iTunes. Um, look out for, uh, hopefully by the time this episode posts, you'll be able to listen to the, uh, dot, dot, dot baby. One more time episode of that's what we called music. See, I did the inflection there. And if you want to hear me, if, if you're like, I like Kendall, I like listening to Kendall, but he's usually too positive. You should okay. listen to the upcoming episode of the Polis podcast. On the Kendall cast feed in which Jared and I spend the first 45 minutes complaining about action comics issue a thousand critics like this issue. I thought that I was crazy for not liking it, but then Jared also didn't like it. And if both of us don't like a thing, it's usually not good. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, the only thing I can think is that all the people that, I follow that review comics are not actually critics. They're comic creators and they probably worked on this because everybody can worked on. I won't, <laughs> you, you should, if you want to hear me complain about it, listen to that. But if you want to hear me talk, if you want to hear me gush about Britney Spears, listen to that's what we called music. 
Because the dot, 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 baby, one more time episode is one of our best. And if if nice. I'm too slow to post it because I called myself out, the Sex and Candy episode is also one of the better ones. That that record The recording session from that episode and the next few episodes was a really good one. Yeah, listen. Right on. Cool. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Greg C-M-U-N. Uh, you can find the podcast on Twitter also at Warren Beast. Find us also on Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash Warren Beast podcast. Or if you want to send us an old fashioned email, you can send it to Warren Beast podcast at gmail.com. I uh, just want to give a quick shout out. Uh, we did our little announcement at the end of last episode. Uh, so we have three episodes remaining after this one. Or the end of Beast Machines, as well as the end of this podcast. But I just want to give a shout out to everybody who sent us some very kind words. Uh, it's very much appreciated. And uh, so just want to let everybody know that that it means a lot to hear that from you guys. Um, also, moving on from here, make sure that you follow Audio Entropy. Uh, lots of different podcasts. I actually posted links for In Pursuit of Passion, Totally Reprised, Hiffle as well as a bonus episode of Teenagers with Attitude that Mike hosted uh, titled Riders with, with Masks, uh, where I guess Mike is planning to tackle the entirety of the Masked Rider series, I guess. So make sure to listen for more future episodes of that also. Um, but yeah, for that's another episode down. We've got three left to go. We'll we'll get through it, Kendall. It'll be okay. And then... Well, no, I assume that the last three episodes are going to be amazing because two of them have audio commentary. Because <laughs> <laughs> of the last episodes, it's why they have audio yeah. commentaries. But we'll see. Maybe they'll be good. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't maybe. seen it. I mean, I remember. Well, I remember hopefully, the they ending. won't spoil the ending. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I remember the ending, and that's about it. I don't remember like how it gets there or what happens or anything. I'll probably yeah. listen to it. I'll probably spoil the ending of Solo, a Star Wars. Oh, yes. Yeah, somehow, with magic, I guess I, that movie yeah. is not out yet. <laughs> uh, you know, we'll see. Yep. But for War and Beast, I have been Greg. I've been Emily. I've been Jordan. I'm Kendall. Let's roll, folks. Hey guys, Greg Seaman, get it? Uh, 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 uh. I'm leaving.